You're listening to Serious Business with Andy Audate. Serious talk on business, marketing, and finance to win in this new economy. In this podcast, every single day, Andy Audate reveals cutting-edge strategies, technologies, techniques, and solutions to exponentially grow your business in the new economy. We're going to talk about today is just your life and how you really got started and how you're expanding your business and really trying to influence others in the world. So I guess my first question would be definitely where you got started and how this has changed your life in so many ways. Oh man, that's, 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 that's a, that's a great question and, and how it changed my life. So I'm originally from the East coast, came from the smallest state in the, came from the smallest uh, state in the country. And I was raised in the smallest city in that state. My, the, the city I was raised in is literally one, one square mile. So from one end of the one end of the city to the other, you can walk, and it's only a mile. And it's a bunch of people piled up on top of each other, <laughs> piled up on top of each other. That it's like crab is in a bucket. And living in that type of city, in that type of environment, it's it's a hustle, fast pace, get what you want, um, get out of my way, honking and the whole the whole nine yards. And but there's also drug drugs, gang and, and violence there. And I knew at a young age that I really did not feel like this was for me. So I started, I started researching different ways to make money so one, one day I could leave. Um, and I realized I learned about commission sales. So at this time, I'm working at Wendy's fast food restaurant and I'm learning how to flip burgers. So my attention span is solely on how do I flip this burger and how do I, what's the difference between a small fry and a large fry and how do I get, in, get it into the bag fast enough so I can hand it out the window in a, in, in a quick pace because we had a clock running and we were always trying to beat the time of like getting somebody out in 20 seconds, like from order to completion, get them out in 20 seconds. Can you do that today? All right, team, go. And that was, that was my day-to-day experience. And I knew that I was capped at making $7.40 per hour, but I wanted to make more money per hour. So I learned about sales commission, and I saw that T-Mobile had a commission job opportunity. I applied for T-Mobile, and they denied me for whatever reason, maybe because I was 17, for whatever reason. Then right next to T-Mobile was Metro PCS. I walked into Metro PCS, and I said, hey, I'm looking for a job. Give me an opportunity. Um, and then the guy who's, who's standing there, says, okay, I'll take your resume. Mm-hmm. And what he ended up doing was throwing away that I later found out. I went down the street to another Metro PCS who happened to be connected to the first one. And I walked in with my, uh, uh, my polo shirt tucked in. And the manager says, this young black man walks in with the polo tucked in, you know, very polite. I want to give him a job. So she gave me a job. And I'm working at this place and it was a black owner who owned the company. So a black guy named James owned this company. And the, how it changed my life, and that's how I started, but how it changed my life is that once I got that job working at Metro PCS, I first went to the first guy and I said, hey man, why did you throw away my, my resume? I heard you threw away my resume, but no problems, the second store hired me. But I went to James and I said, would you teach me how to sell? Will you teach me how to run a business? And that's how it all started. So at 19, someone believed in me, suggested I open up my own cell phone store. After working for James for a year, learning the ropes of running the business from James, learning how to be a manager under James's leadership. 
after a year working for James, someone believes in me and says, hey man, open up my own self, open up your own cell phone store, Andy. I had to overcome fear. I, I didn't have that belief in myself. I, I said to that person, I said, look, I'm 19, I'm, I'm overweight, I'm a college dropout, I'm from the hood, there is no way I can be successful in my own business. And he said, dude, go for it, and I believe in you, just do it. So I said, all right. I, I scrapped, up, scrapped up some money, opened up my first location inside of a mall, a little kiosk, and that one location ended up bringing me my first million and four locations afterwards uh, with, with the support of 14 employees by the age of 21. So the, the, the real key factor is, is I had a mentor. That's the real key factor, is that I had a mentor who was already succeeding that was able to teach me the ropes so that way I can propel my experience that something that should have took me maybe 10 years, I was able to accomplish that in one year because of the support of a mentor. That's how it changed my life. That's so great. So I guess my next question would be on picking your mentor. For people who don't really know where to start as for starting a business or maybe they're just needing help to grow as a person, you know, life coach or something like that, what would be your key tip on how to pick a mentor? The best way I would suggest in picking a mentor is finding someone that you truly want to emulate a certain area in their life. See, you may have mentors that are for specific areas. There are four major areas in life. You have faith, you have fitness, you have finance, and then you have family. So I may pick a mentor specifically for family because they are successful in their business. I don't want to learn from them. I don't want to learn business strategies from them, but I want to learn how they are a husband and a father at home. So I may have a mentor just for family. Then I may have a mentor for fitness where this person is a, has a busy schedule the same way that I have a busy schedule or this person is super, super dedicated in so many areas in their life, but they're still at an elite level in, in their fitness. So I'm going to choose that person for my fitness mentor. And then I have a mentor for faith and I have a mentor for, for finances. Um, but there are some mentors that you may look at this one person and you say, this person emulates all the areas of my, of, that I want to experience in my life. So I'm going to learn from them how they're able to accomplish and, and manage all four areas of life. But essentially, you'll be duplicating that person. And that's okay because you end up duplicating that person and then you add a little bit of your own swag to it. That's true. That's so good. Um, I think one more question that definitely more people would have is how is it that you maintain keeping a successful business, but also keeping a successful life? That's it. That's, I don't know the answer to that, man. I'm still trying to figure that out, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who knows the answer to that. Uh, That's true. There's, there's so many other areas in, in life, but Essentially, I would say that the key determining factor that I've discovered has been to create systems and scale and remove yourself um, mm -hmm. as much as possible. So when you're creating different positions, in your life, what you essentially would like to do or want to do is figure out what it is that you're doing so that way someone else can come in. You got yeah. to take the creative knowledge out of the deal, out of the, the position and, and create it to become a system where you're able to duplicate the same result every single time. So for example, that could look like when I was running the cell phone stores, that could look like uh, the sales position. In order mm -hmm. to do a sale, the, our first step was to greet the client. And we had a system or a way that we greeted the customer. Then our second step was to qualify the customer based on the, on the device that they held. 
And then our third step was to present a new solution or an upgrade to the customer. Then our fourth step was to close. And that is true in all areas in, in, um, in, in sales, no matter what business you're in. However, we had a system that I, had to, I was able to take myself out and put somebody else there. That's how I was able to grow to two employees, three employees, five employees, six employees, eight employees, 10 employees, you know what I'm saying? Is, is yeah. having a system so that way you can scale. I remember one of my biggest goals back in the day was I wanted to be at the gym with my best friend, who that guy who believed in me, his name was George. And George and I, we were always talking that one day it would, we would be considered successful in our eyes when we were able to go to the gym, work out while the stores were open, while the yeah. cell phones were open. Because it meant that he wasn't working, I wasn't working, we were working. And so when George showed his belief in me and we opened up the cell phone stores, essentially it was like I would work all Sunday, he would work Monday. Or I would work Tuesday morning to 12 o'clock or, or, or 3 o'clock and then he would work the remaining, the remainder of the day. So we were always switching back and forth. And then we ended up bringing a few people, few people in to support us and help us. But our biggest determining factor was when we were at the gym working out one day, and he looked at me and said, do you realize what we're doing? I said, what, what are we talking about? We're, we're doing biceps. And he's like, <laughs> nah, man, we're at the gym working out, and we have multiple cell phone stores open at the same time, man. And I said, oh, shoot. So it's a good thing also to, to recognize your progression. Literally two days ago, not, yet, not two days ago, last night, I'm sitting here in, my, in front of my laptop, and I'm looking at the stuff that I've created over the last three years. So after I left us, after so I ran the cell phone store. I'm 24 now. At 21, I closed down the cell phone stores, took, I exited that company and took the money and moved to uh, California, the West Coast, and I became a speaker. And I traveled with the number one motivational speaker, learned from this speaker, and then now, and then now I'm producing conferences throughout the country. And I'm teaching people how to grow their business and how to market their brands. And I, I, I was looking at a video last night where... I'm looking at this video and it shows a full audience, maybe about 200 people in this audience. Um, the room is completely packed. I have a group of, of people on my stage. On my stage, the revenue on this stage, we're doing a panel, and the revenue on this stage, one, two, three, four, five, six, was, was probably around the, around the area of $60 million a month. The, the amount of people that I have in the same yeah. company, one guy, he makes $12 million, the other guy makes five, the other guy makes 10. So that's how, like, that's how I gauge that number. So about $60 million a month in revenue. And I'm over half of a billion dollars in revenue on this stage in, per year, on this stage in front of me, and I call these guys my friends. So this is a panel of guys, I call these guys my friends. And I'm saying to myself, dude, Andy, you came to California with no relationships, without a clue what you, direction you were going to go into, you literally landed, got an apartment, and said, now what? And three years later, within, within three years, you're, you're producing these high-class, world-class events with people in your network that are making this type of money, living this lifestyle. Man, Andy, you never actually acknowledge yourself. So yesterday, I was looking at the videos, and I was like, wow, I'm acknowledging the progression that I've experienced. Coming from a hood on the East Coast, that's a small city, one mile in each direction, one square mile in each direction, 
um, ex-drug dealer, cell phone, cell phone slinger, high school, you know, high school always in trouble, college dropout. I think I dropped out my <laughs> second semester. Um, it was just, it just wasn't for me or whatever I said to myself. And, uh, you know, all these negative beliefs that I have for myself. And I'm like, damn, dude, you're creating all of this stuff. I looked in the mirror, I said, man, you, one, one, I acknowledge you. Number two, you a sexy dude. I love you. I look at myself and just let myself know because I realized that I just did not acknowledge my successes. That's really good. Acknowledging your successes. I think a lot of people just don't do that enough. I think that's really good because there's also people who try and they make, you know, two or three steps above the ladder and they're like, uh, I don't know if I want to keep going because I don't know if I'm going to make it. But the fact that you actually acknowledge, you sat there and you took the time to acknowledge what you're doing, I think that's really good. And that's really healthy, like to sit there and think about it. The higher, I like that how you said that, but one step, a couple steps above the ladder. The higher the ladder, right? Well, first of all, you don't want to be average. So that's why I wrote the book, No More True. Average. And if your people want to get this book, No More Average, tell them to go to nomoreaveragebook.com. Nomoreaveragebook.com. But when you go up higher on the ladder, like, like you were saying, what I believe, and, I, and, I, and, I, and it was confirmed by someone who's much higher above the ladder as far as like revenue, uh, revenue and employees and, and, and influence than I am. But I, what I discovered was that you're going to doubt yourself more the higher you go. You're going to experience more fear the higher you go. You're going to experience more uh, suppression and oppression the higher you go. And so you, you got to make a conscious decision that if you really want to go high, you gotta, you're going to experience the, the opposing forces as well. Mm-hmm. So for your book, what was one thing that was a non-negotiable it had to be in there no matter what um i don't think there was a non-negotiable in here um in, in this in this book when i when i wrote this book truthfully the reason i i wrote this oh well the underlying message the underlying message throughout the whole entire book is recognizing your thoughts of greatness your thoughts of greatness are the the, the ideas the ideology that you that you possess as a person of what you want to create in the future. So what I believe is that everyone has this idea of the, their best life in the future. And my belief has always been that God is literally giving you this, this thought, this, this idea, this, this version, and this is what we call potential. So anytime like you're working towards your potential, you're working on your potential, like you're working towards that person that you, I, that, that you, you envision yourself, that sexy body, that, that car, that job, that lifestyle, that family, um, the money, anything that you truly desire, I believe that God placed it inside of you because, because it's going to help someone else. So when you get that car, the, the, the work that you do to get that car has a story and it impacts somebody. So when you get that car and you're working at that nine to five job that you might not be thinking as the ideal life, but you get what you're working towards that car. Well, I truly believe that when God gave you that, that idea of that car in your heart, that as you were working towards that car, you were learning new skill sets. You were supporting other people. So you might've been working that nine to five job that you don't like, but it was giving other people support. Hey, you, you went to college to be a nurse so you can get that, that, so you can get that car. 
but you were saving lives along the journey. So your focus was on the car, but your job was supporting other people. So the thoughts of greatness in this book is recognizing that you have a duty and a responsibility to get that lifestyle, to get those results. And this book teaches you exactly how to. And it's essentially by changing your environment with a certain type of people, certain type of group of people, getting mentors. I teach you how to get mentors in the book, as well as, as what to do when you're in stuck situations and how to, re how to reach peak performance and really and ultimately the most important thing, how to control your mindset. That's good. So when controlling your mindset, what's one thing that you have to do? So I learned that a couple of days ago that the, the, if you look up the root word of, of, of um, discipline, the, root, the, the word means to follow a system. So that it never meant, I thought for a while that it meant like to be, to be rigid in some certain, some certain action. All it means is to follow a discipline. So when, follow a system. So when, when someone says I'm disciplined, it just means that, hey, I just follow the system. And sometimes it's, it's, it's a system that, that you created or it's a system that someone else created. So what it means to control your mind in my life is to follow the system. So that I use multiple systems. How do I, how do I overcome fear? Um, I, use, I have a system. How do I, how do I change my activity levels? I have a system. Um, how do I choose my, the, the person that I want to be with? I have a system. How do I choose my friend, my business partners? I have a system, so on and so forth. It's simply by having a system and following the system. Mm -hmm. So how to control your mind is to be disciplined. Follow the system. Yeah. That's really good because discipline, I, especially nowadays, discipline, I think people think of it as a different thing. They don't think of it as their own life in their own mind, like with their own body. There's so much that you have to just put discipline on with yourself, with waking up, with going to the gym, with actually like doing the work you have to do. And with that being said, like you were saying, you were like, you have to be disciplined. And that's very true. Like you do. I just think a lot of people forget that one step and think, okay, I can change my mind like that. Like I can just, you know, start thinking different thoughts. And it's like, no, you have to actually put the work in and actually put yourself on some kind of agenda where it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to do it. Like it's going to happen. Very true. It's super good. Um, what would you say is something that you tell everybody? What would I, what, what do I tell everybody? Yeah. That like, if, um, if anybody, if anybody just wants your help, like randomly, they're like, I need your help. What would you say? I just say you're powerful, man. <laughs> you know, anyone on my, like people on my staff, it's funny because like I have copywriters that write my copy for um, like my emails and blogs and stuff like that. And people, some people on my staff, they, they joke around, not really joke around, but as they're writing the copy, it's to sound very similar to how I sound because it, it's coming from Andy R. Date. And they'll write in the copy, you're powerful, like a lot of times. Like one of some of my emails to start with, you're powerful. And that's, that's a true belief that I have is that you're powerful. You're a powerful human being. And I think we undermine our capabilities. We undermine our, our power. Yesterday I had a wake up call. One of my speakers at my seminar, I host a regular seminar called the Progression Conference. The Progression Conference is the tour that I'm bringing around nationally. 
the idea of the progression conference is that as people come in, they're going to enter this community of, of daily progressors, people who get better on a daily basis and leave knowing information about how to grow their income so that way they can have freedom with their family. Because that's important to me, having family and, 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 and having the freedom to spend time with them. And in order to have that freedom, you need income. So I, I brought up one of my speakers to the progression conference. And at the progression conference, uh, we were discussing about me mentoring her son. So yesterday I was with her son um, as I, we were, I took him out to go play basketball. We went out to eat food. Um, we went to, to hang out, got ice cream, the whole nine yards. And for, for when, we, when we got into the car, he takes his right hand, grabs his seatbelt, buckles it in. Okay, sweet. Then we get out the car after, after driving, we get out the car, go play basketball. And then he gets into the car, takes his right hand, grabs the seatbelt buckle, Turns, it to the, turns, turns around, buckles it in. Sweet. Then we drive over to the ice cream spot. No, we drive over to the restaurant. And after we ate, we spent about an hour, we ate. He got back into the car, grabs the seatbelt, turns it around and says, I can't do it, Andy. Can you do it? And I said, oh, I, you, you've done it before. Why don't, why don't you do it? And he's like, he looks at me. He's like, I can't do it. It's just, it's just not going in. And, and, and then he, this is what he does. He's, he goes, ah, ah, he's four years old. He goes, ah, 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 I can't, I can't do it. Ah, ah, I, I'm struggling, Andy. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not your mom. This, this, this doesn't work. That doesn't work for me. I need you to get it in. And he said, he said, he said, I can't do it. Ah, I give up. And he, and he pulls his seatbelt back. And I said, hey, we got, we got two choices now. I'll do it for you. But if I do it, we're going straight to the house. I'm going to drop you off right now. However, if you do it, we're going to go get ice cream. Yo, he starts fighting with me. He's like, I can't do it, Andy. I can't. Can you change the deal? He's a smart kid. He said, can you change the deal? And I'm like, I ain't changing, I ain't changing the deal. I said, you got two choices. Make a choice. I'll put it in for you. We're going to house. You put it in. We're going to get ice cream. He says, I want the ice cream, but I can't put it in. I said, Marty. Yes, Andy. Put the seatbelt buckle inside. And he goes, he takes the seatbelt buckle, turns over. Uh, uh, I can't. Then he throws a fit, a tantrum, starts crying, kicking and screaming. I can't do it, Andy. You don't understand. Eyes, eyes, bloodshot, red, tears coming down. I just look at him. I just look at him straight dead face. Look at him straight dead face. And then I said, grab the buckle and focus on one thing, Marty. Put the buckle inside, put the seatbelt buckle inside the buckle holder. <sighs> he, grabs, he grabs the seatbelt buckle, turns the body, puts it in. And then he turns his face. And, he, and he's looking outside. He's looking outside the window. And I'm just looking right at him from the driver's seat. And I'm waiting for him to turn. He never turns. He doesn't turn. And I said, Madi? He said, he looks at me and he starts giggling, laughing. Laughing like, all right, man, I did it. I did it. You got me. I did it. And I'm like, Marty, you can do anything you put your mind to. You just got to focus. And I had a, an awakening moment. In my life, there's been a lot of challenges on going to the next level. Because going to the next level is just that much harder. You made a comment earlier about, about climbing up the ladder. Yeah. Climbing up the ladder, all that means is, is progressing. So when mm -hmm. I go to the progression conference, 
when I use this word progression, my first company is called Progression Wireless. Um, my marketing firm is called Progression Marketing Group. The, my fitness apparel line is called Progression Fitness. The reason I use the word progression is because you have to make a conscious decision to get better on a daily basis. So although Mighty has done something in the past, it's you still have to literally, you still have to, he still literally have to focus and do it again with all his might. So in order for you to progress to the next level, I don't know what your question was, but in order for you to progress to the next level, you have to literally focus on where it is that you're going. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you don't progress, what's going to happen is that the world is continually moving forward and you're stagnant. By you being stagnant, you're essentially literally reversing. You're deteriorating as we speak unless you get better, either in your health, in your fitness, your finances, your faith. Somehow, every single day, you must get better as a human being towards your ideal goal, which is that potential, that vision that you have for yourself. Otherwise, you're going backwards. Yeah, definitely. The I guess the potential, like what you were just saying, like the potential of the goal, that's definitely, you always have to have that. You always have to have something to look forward to. And people are always so quick to dwell on the past. So how do you feel about that? about dwelling on the past and why we shouldn't do that? I mean, uh, only if you're acknowledging yourself, if you're just acknowledging yourself, man, and, and I'm a victim to it too, where I'm not a victim to anything, but I took responsibility for that too, where um, essentially like, like I think about the past and, and how things could have been or things should have been and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. But all those processes is what got me to where I'm at to, to really... Yeah really do my life's purpose you know so you know i look at I look, for example at 21 i made the decision it was a radical decision i, ha I have a successful business i'm making a million dollars a year i have a successful business and one day i'm frustrated this is back in the, this is back in the cell phone cell phone days so i don't know probably this is the cell phone time period was between 19 and 21 or 18 and a half and 21 and one day I leave one of the stores and I literally have, I think five or 10 or $15,000 in a bag. Cause that's how I moved around with money. Like I didn't, it, I couldn't fold money because you don't, that much money you don't fold, you can't fold it. So we would have, I would have these bags from Bank of America. Now I remember I walked, I came out of a store and I had this money in my glove. I put, took the money from the store and I put it into the glove compartment box. And then I draw, I'm driving different cars. I, at this time, I had like an Audi. Every week, I had a new car. I had a company that I worked with that I was able to get a new car every single week. So I'm driving an Audi now. I have, I have five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars in in the glove compartment box, and I'm not fulfilled. I'm not happy. I get to my house, and my mom's house actually. I take the money. I go into my in the same bedroom that I was raised in when I was, you know, eight years old, so on and so forth. I took the cash, threw it in the jar. I lay down on the bed and I let Pandora play. I'm, I'm screaming in my pillow. Ah! Like, like, what do you want me to do, God? Like, I'm, I'm confused. Like, I'm confused. I feel stuck. How do I have so much money? I have a business that's operating amazing. I have influence. I'm like the king of my neighborhood. I'm the king of, like, of my, my area. I'm hiring my friend's parents. I'm giving my old high school friends jobs. Like, I'm a, 
Like, I'm a dope dude, but I don't feel fulfilled. Like, I don't get it. And a song played. And uh, it was a song that goes, once I was seven years old, my story was told. It's a song about this guy, about a, a guy who goes from seven to 21 to 30 to 60 years old in a four minute time span. And, he, and then at the end, he pretty much made a comment about how his dad died. And I listened to this four minute song and I'm like, wow, life is short, literally four minutes short. And at this moment, that should be a book. But at, at this moment, I'm like, I gotta do something radically different. I gotta change my life. And it was at that moment where I decided to move to California, literally in one split second. So I moved to California. I moved to California. I closed down the business, moved, closed down the business. 14 employees, it took me three months to get everybody out, finish off all the contracts and sell off all the inventory. 86 days to be exact. And I'm in California. A year into living in California, I go, with, I go dead broke. I had $19.73 in my bank account. So I go from having all this much money to having $19.73 within, I don't know, a year and a half. I did not work for that year and a half. I did not work. I literally retired. And I rested on my laurels. I rested on my success. I'm driving past McDonald's and I realized I don't have enough money to order a Big Mac if I wanted to. I got $19.73 in my bank account. I just tried to do it. I just tried to do a transaction. And when I was when I was trying to do a, a deal with a client, I had to pay for parking for 10 bucks. So now I got $9.73, and that's when I passed. And I was thinking back in my past. And I was like, man, I was like, man, I was, so, I was doing so well back in the day. I, I was, I, everything was amazing. I had all these different cars. I had all this money, and I was just constantly reminiscing in the past. But as I look back now, two years later from that, two and a half years later from that experience, I am far from that type of position. I employ people now. Um, and I realized that experience was for my growth. That experience of going broke was for my growth. So my advice to people that are looking back now or, or thinking back to a time where whatever, you know, where life was better or thinking about the past, recognize that the position that you're in right now is for your growth in the future. And stay present that you're growing in the future. That's really good. Definitely, because I think growing is, I mean, we all go through stages. Like, we all go through those phases in our life and those seasons where it's hard or something happens or we fall into either, like, depression or anxiety or things just, you know, we feel like our whole life is falling apart. But it all happens for a reason. It all happens for a purpose because at the end of the day, we are still powerful. We are still strong. And like we are made to be this successful and strong and powerful. Exactly. Very true. I believe that wholeheartedly.